0: Welcome to the That's Good Sports podcast. I am here with Will Keys. Will, I this is the second time we've done the intro, so that's right. What do What do you do, Will? Well, I write for your website. Um, other than that, I just
1: graduated college about a week ago, so um, living that post grad, semi employed life currently at my parents' house. That's,
0: um, that's a fun life. Yeah. Yeah, for for a while, for a limited time only. But <laughs> uh, that's right. So Will's writing articles at thatsgoodsports dot com. Uh, if you haven't checked that out yet, please do. We're updating it every week. We're putting content up there. I don't even know how many people are fucking watching it or reading our stuff yet. Possibly millions, possibly millions. We're going to assume it's millions of people and that nobody's commenting on the articles or telling us about them yet. (laughs) Uh, Yeah,
1: I mean, there's nothing to say, really. Right. When they're all perfect.
0: So uh, I asked Will to write for me because, uh, one, he knows a lot about sports, football specifically, uh, which is important. But two, he has a really good sense of humor. His writing is pretty funny. I feel like it uh, fits with what I'm already doing, so that's another reason to check it out. Uh, next week, we may get Will a desk lamp so that uh, yeah. he looks less dark, red, yeah. uh orangey. He's got some bright light coming in behind him. That's okay. We're gonna we're gonna leave you as a as silhouette right well, now. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. Like I said earlier, um, I'm gonna punch out a sunroof in the ceiling. I don't know how it's going to work because there's an attic directly above me, but I'm going to, I'm going to figure it out.
0: Sounds like you'll be doing, uh, punching out two sunroofs. Correct. Correct. Um, all right. Well, this is, uh, the first, first podcast we're doing together. Uh, we have a rundown, not really a format, so we'll see how this works. Uh, and we're just going to do our best. Yeah. And we're going to talk about, uh, today we're talking about the Broncos and the NFL. So it'd be Broncos first and then NFL talk. Uh, I don't know what, what you want to hear, but those are are the two things we're discussing.
1: Yeah. Chime in too. If you listen to this and and tell us what you want to hear, who knows, maybe we'll get to some like listener questions down the road. If we, uh, if we have listeners, you know, that's the number one thing I think. We'll
0: We'll call it something real original. Like, uh, Yes. (laughs) Yes. Mailbag.
1: <laughs> yeah, the uh, the listener questions portion of the podcast, sponsored right. by UPS.
0: <laughs> exactly. Uh, all right. So, do you want to you want to start this? Do you want to? How do we want to do this? Yeah, I'll start it off. Okay. Cool. Um,
1: yeah, so we're going to get into the Broncos news to begin with. Um, this one isn't really football related, but uh, the general manager and of course Hall of Fame quarterback John Elway failed to qualify for the senior U.S. Open.
0: Brandon, what do you think about that? Uh, oh, yeah, I heard something about this. Bad news. I don't, I, honestly, I don't really care. I don't really care. <laughs> oh, hold on. I don't really care what John Elway does on the golf course. Uh, well, that makes one of us, sir. I care. <laughs> why do you care? What's a, what, Why did you deem this uh, – Important enough for us to discuss?
1: Yeah. Well, I feel like when you hit the age of fifty, and I think John Elway's what fifty-seven now. I only know that because he's my dad's age, but um, <laughs> I I feel like your reputation is half like what you do on the golf course on the between the between the links. I think as the as the golfers like to say. Um. So yeah. You know, you want, a, you want a GM that's an alpha that's going to alpha other GMs in the trades, and, you know, you what think, better way to do that than on the golf course? You think if his golf
0: game's strong, he can strong arm other GMs by beating their ass on the golf course?
1: Yeah, no, exactly. Like, do uh, you think Mark Davis has a good golf game? I, I don't think so. I don't think Mark Davis can play any game well. No. <laughs> To be fair, he's not even the general manager either. Uh, I think he just hangs out at P.F. Chang's for like most of the day. (laughs) Hey, P.F.
0: Chang's is delicious. Oh, it is, yeah.
1: (laughs) I'm not here here to argue that.
0: Maybe the most delicious chain restaurant. Yes. But that's another podcast. That's a story for a different day. Yeah,
1: we're saving that for the uh, chain restaurants (laughs) episode, which will come soon, I'm sure.
0: If you had to pick one game that you think Mark Davis would be good at, Oh, okay. What is it?
1: I'm going to go with, uh, like, a bar game, like either shuffleboard or, like, cornhole.
0: Okay. Yeah. yeah it definitely wouldn't be a game, of like, a, a, a brain game.
1: No. <laughs> yeah. No, not, not a brain game indeed. Um, yeah, I, he, he strikes me as a guy that, like, uh, when he hears the word cornhole, like, he giggles a little bit. Um, I feel like he played – because he went to um, – he went to Chico State in Northern California, oh. and so I heard that it's like it has a reputation in California as being the biggest party school. Oh, really? Um, yeah, which I can confirm having visited once or twice. Um, but back in Mark Davis's day, which was I don't know, I assume like the seventies or the early eighties, he almost got kicked out of Chico State, which is like, I mean, that's like being uh, that's like being too bad for like. Alcatraz.
0: Right. It's like being the toughest guy in prison.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, So I, yeah, I would assume that he knows all the bar games in and out. Yeah. Uh, Okay.
0: That's, I didn't know any of that. That makes me respect uh, Mark Davis a little more. And by a little little more, more. I mean, I had almost done (laughs) more. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know how long he's had that haircut by the way. That's, I don't know how you keep going to the, going to the barber after that.
0: I but, know how you do it. You have a uh, billion dollars in your bank account, and you go. I suppose I can look as ugly as possible, and I'm still going to get laid because yeah. I'm a billionaire. Yeah, because my, my dad
1: um, used to coach the Raiders, and somehow connived his way into
0: owning the team. So this, hey. I mean, I know we have a rundown, but I think this yes. is a good tra- a good transition to talk about uh, what what Nikki Jabala. Uh, Said on Twitter today about Beth Bolin, the daughter of Pat. Uh, She stated she wants the to be the controlling owner of the Denver Broncos. And speaking of like Mark Davis getting the Raiders from his dad Al Davis, and I don't know a lot about all of the Bolin children. Uh, I know John Bolin, right? He's one who's gotten in trouble quite a few times. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I would imagine that, and Pat had there's seven kids right now, so I would imagine at least six of those children would be better at running the Broncos than Mark Davis has been at running the Raiders. Um, I would have to assume so. I would have to assume. So and uh, it, I mean, it's, it's a similar situation in that the team's going to maybe go to one of uh, the children. Uh, what, are your, what are your thoughts about hearing this? Uh, Nikki, of course, writes for The Athletic, so you can't read the whole article unless no. you pay for The Athletic, which I yeah. did to get the inside scoop. You know, um,
1: and then- I, I dutifully read the uh first two paragraphs um and and got all the information <laughs> that I needed to write uh that part of the rundown. Um but <laughs> I think the good news is that the ownership will stay in the family. And I think that's all that's what we all wanted. Um there were like rumors a couple years ago, I think, that you know, Stan Cronky might be interested because I think he owns the
0: Nuggets. Yeah, but Someone he in yeah he would have had to give up control of uh, the Rams. Cause he yeah, had two NFL teams.
1: Yeah, which doesn't seem like something he'd want to do now that the Rams are right. uh, really getting themselves in. situated. All in. <laughs> yeah, truly all or nothing. The year after that, they were on the program all or nothing. <laughs> this year, it, it it's actually true. Absolutely. Ah, it's just a joke, you guys. You uh, know, now we're serious. Uh, yeah, no, I think it's a good idea. Um, probably not the best idea to give it to John. Um, I don't know what Annabelle Bolin does except for like being every trophy presentation. Um, yeah, so yeah, no, I, th- I think it's a good move. Yeah. If right
0: I- now. I mean, the Broncos are being run by three trustees, which is Pat Bowen and a couple guys. I'm sorry, not Pat. Uh, <laughs> uh God damn it. Um, uh, what's his name? Oh to Joe God. Ellis? Yeah, sorry. Joe Ellis and two yeah. other guys you've never heard of. And obviously I couldn't remember right. Joe Ellis's name, so who, what the fuck do I know? Uh, exactly. Those are the, the trustees that, that basically run the team. And in that article, uh, basically the the trustees said they want to reiterate that they don't think Beth Bolin is ready and or capable of running the team. Um, so I think... There's like all this criteria that the the next child needs to meet to be considered to run the team, and the trustees sent a letter to Annabelle uh, Boland saying that even if the child meets this criteria, we in no way are obligated to award the team to them. So I I think if this happens, it's not going to be soon, um, and that this process is kind of crazy. But I think the reason it's it's important is because Pat Boland was. Such a good owner for the Denver Broncos. Yes. And who ends up running this team moving forward is, I think, extremely important to the success of the organization. Um, and it feels right now like the trust doesn't want to give up that control, or they want to be very careful about which uh, child they do hand the team over to and want to make sure that that person is the best choice. And there's no way for us to know that they either want to keep, keep it for themselves, uh, which it seems like they can do for as long as they want. And I think Roger Goodell sort of gave them the, the go ahead uh, in talking about it this off season. Um, or they, they have the best interest in, in in the team and you don't know, we don't know. There's no way to know. <laughs> <laughs> there is no
1: way to know, but you know what? I, I appreciate the cautious approach Uh probably, best not to just sell your NFL franchise to um, just anybody who uh, walks up and asks for it. Right. Um, I don't think I'd be capable of owning um, even a, you know, like a single minor league baseball team, let alone the Denver Broncos. So I assume that there's some, you know, there's some business acumen that comes along with uh, being a good NFL owner. But
0: yeah, that's important requirements too. Yeah. Uh, Obviously. Uh, But I think there's like a, a, a deeper thing here that owning an NFL team, you have to be willing to play ball with the NFL. You have to be – so in addition to the Broncos trust, they're going to have to be approved by the NFL. And yep. uh, the NFL has a certain type of person they want running NFL organizations. And it's, I think, exactly what just happened to the Panthers and why David Tepper, I think that's the guy. He's a fund yeah. owner who got got to buy the team. And they didn't give it to, you know, P. Diddy and Steph Curry, which everybody wanted to see. So I think that'll – even beyond the Broncos' trust, I think that'll play a big part in what actually fucking happens with the ownership of the team.
1: Yeah, it seems like the NFL's kind of been cultivating uh, an old boys club among their ownership, even though it's not all old boys. There's some old girls as well, Um, I think, in Chicago and – I think Georgia frontier might still have something to do with the Rams. I don't know. Yeah. Don't but yeah, know. they're, uh, they like people that think and will vote more importantly. Right. Uh, the same way as the rest of the owners and won't cause too much of a stir. Um, I think people are probably upset at Jed York, who's one of the youngest owners, I think for abstaining in that, um, I don't know if it was a vote or just kind of like a, a general consensus regarding yeah. the the national anthem.
0: That whole thing was confusing too because yeah. we heard there was a vote, and then they were like, "No, no, no, there was never an yeah. actual vote." And then Jed York's like, "I abstained from the vote." You uh, can't abstain if there's not a vote at all. I abstained from yeah. not <laughs>
1: yeah. voting in the not vote. Uh, Indeed, it is opposite day here at the NFL meeting.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I mean that whole debacle is just fucking stupid too correct uh, but we can talk about that later i guess if we even do yeah,
1: i know anytime you talk about
0: the anthem it just it, yeah half the people agree with you and the other half are just like fuck you i'm done watching yeah. this channel you idiot
1: yeah so what's what's half of zero listeners
0: right now uh question i am not yeah. prepared to answer but... well the correct answer is you can't divide
1: by zero so you should have just said nothing so correct answer by you.
0: I abstain from
1: answering. <laughs> yeah, no, good choice. All right, should we uh should we get back into OTAs? Which yeah, yeah. I believe just, just finished up or maybe not. I don't know. I don't know how it works. I'm not really uh I don't pay attention to the NFL schedule until like at least mini minicamp, I think. Yeah, probably probably training camp to be more. Yeah, what's
0: there, there's a mini camp in, in June. And typically, Training yeah. camp will start July. Uh, yeah, these OTAs are – they're just – they're workouts for the guys. It's Essentially. Like it, it's important for the team to get together and do some practice, all that bullshit. But in terms of gaining any knowledge about the team, you're getting nothing. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. They, yeah, I don't read too much into it either. Like, I have hardly talked about it at all. Yeah. Um, yeah, it just seems quite,
1: kind of a formality. Um although I will change my tune if we ever talk about Tom Brady skipping OTAs, then it's the most important thing for team right. chemistry and team building.
0: Um Yeah, just, I mean he's never he's never skipped it before, you know. Yeah,
1: and you know what? He's also never had a losing record as a quarterback uh during a season as well, so maybe things are going to change this year. That's what everybody's hoping. Yeah, I <laughs> I know I am. But um Uh, One big item of news that came out of OTAs was uh, DeMarcus Ware was back, at least temporarily, as a guest coach slash
0: observer. Oh, man, and did that get Broncos fans hard. Oh, yeah. (laughs) They loved seeing DeMarcus Ware there. Not only did it get
1: them hard, it gave them a chub.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's cool. I'm glad he went. Everybody's been – I mean, people have been talking about it happening, I feel like, for the last month. Yeah. Uh, I, And honestly, I feel like DeMarcus Ware is actually one of the, the few, like, former players that I feel like could come back and offer a lot just by being there and, and coaching uh, players uh, and talking to him. Because I think he did that as a, a member of the Denver Broncos where right. he, on the team, you know. His leadership, we all realized, was valuable. So I do think it's cool he's there, and I think some of the young players uh, will have things to take away from him being there. But I'll be more excited excited if he shows up and does this again in you know July and in the preseason when I think he can be there a little bit longer and hopefully offer a little bit more. I don't know if he will do it because he's got a pretty cush job with the NFL Network right now. And right. honestly, if you could just sit in a studio and make a shit ton of money or go guest coach, which I'm guessing is for a very <laughs> little money. I would choose making a lot of money doing what you and I are doing right now. Honestly. Exactly. Exactly. The only difference is we never played in the
1: NFL as far as I know. Right. And that safe, to assume? Yeah, we're not, <laughs> we're not in a studio in Culver city also as I, as far as I know.
0: Yeah. As your, uh, your backlight would indicate. <laughs> I am getting a pro
1: lighting team in uh this time by this time next week. So yeah. I forgot to turn my
0: light on. Oh. Uh oh. Mm. mm I don't know see. what looks better though. Might be too bright. Oh. Yeah.
1: I'll leave, st- <laughs> I'll leave it off.
0: I'll leave it off.
1: ask the fans what they think. <laughs> yeah. How much of Brandon Perno do you
0: really wanna see? I wish I had a deeper V neck so they could see more.
1: Yeah, I think yeah, that's I think um as the summer goes along the neck necklines are gonna get deeper and deeper. So yeah. people have that to look forward to.
0: My uh, office is hot, so I cause it's upstairs, so I try to keep I have like V neck and I just wear it every day in my office.
1: There you go. Just the the emergency V neck for right. when you're upstairs. Heat does rise, as people tend to say. Um so we've got other OTA news and that is the the fact that Case Keenum will be holding a passing camp in Houston once OTAs are done. Huge news. Yeah, massive news. I was thinking about this, and you know how Mark Sanchez always did, like, his Southern California passing camp when he was with, like, the Jets, and then that one year, not even a whole year, but, like, that one offseason, he was in Denver. Um, Right. I think that's – yeah, I think that's the only – Place where Mark Sanchez has Case Keenum beat in anything
0: is with his passing camps. Yeah, I think I'd
1: rather spend a passing camp in uh, in L.A. than Other in Houston. than Houston. Yeah, yeah, especially
0: in the summer. No shit. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, Emmanuel Sanders is from Houston, so you know he'll be happy right. to go down there. Gary Kubiak uh, as well. Kubiak. Um, I don't think Kubiak can show up though to the passing True. camp. True. Yeah. Well, I don't know depends on what his role is, but yeah. last year, the Denver media, I don't know how much you listened to it, but uh, they tried to make a huge deal of Paxton Lynch and Trevor Simeon not putting on a passing camp Were you. Oh, yeah, I kind of remember that, that yeah. talk. So I think that's why this is a big story. Mm-hmm. Passing camps are good. I mean, I think it builds chemistry with your quarterback and his receivers. Um, But... Other than that, unless Case Keenum plays great during the season, I don't think it means much. Uh, and it's just another thing I didn't get invited to. Yeah, that's can, you know. I can run routes. You can't have enough ball catchers at one of those passing camps.
1: I've been checking my email just about every day, waiting for that invite from Case. Also, checking my real mailbox, waiting for that <laughs> invite from Case. And <laughs> out to the mailbox. Yes. yes Maybe he sends
0: letters. My hopes. Handwritten I, letters.
1: Uh, it, he he would be the guy to do that, I think. In the, year 20, in the year 2018, I think Case Keenum might be the only one out of the 32 starting quarterbacks that handwrites writes his
0: letters. <laughs> Here, I mean, here's a question. Do you think Case Keenum is going to be good this season? <laughs> it's a big question. It's a big one. Um,
1: yeah, I think so. I mean, if we're comparing it to the quarterbacking that we've gotten in the last two seasons, yeah, I think he'll be pretty good. Um, I don't know that he's going to be quite as good as he was last year in Minnesota um, when he had yeah. – I don't know how, like – it kind of comes down to, like, how do you think Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders in their, you know, eighth or ninth seasons compared to guys like Stephon Diggs and Adam right. Thielen on the outside? And, like, if you've got a guy like Jake Button who can step up and be kind of a Kyle Rudolph type – and if yeah. there's a lead running back that emerges because he's, he's definitely a guy that um, kind of goes as his supporting cast goes um, and as his coaching staff goes, as we saw um, with, like, all or nothing or hard knocks when he was, when he was with the uh, L.A. Rams. Like, he was kind of a disaster because the coaching staff was a disaster right. and the offensive line was a disaster. And they didn't get anything out of Todd Gurley. So, I think if um, we can put the pieces around him, so to speak – I think he's going to be just fine. Plenty serviceable. Maybe not, you know, a top five quarterback in the AFC, but like somewhere perfectly in the middle, which should be good enough, I think.
0: If he's 15 or higher on the list, I mean, lower, so 14, 13, if he's in that range, it's a huge improvement for the Broncos. Um, Right. Jake Butt basically needs to turn into Kyle Rudolph. Um Emmanuel mm-hmm. Sanders and D T uh I mean Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen were great. They're young. They're still, I think, explosive. But I think the Broncos kind of addressed that in the draft with Sutton and Hamilton. Yeah. I think Hamilton uh will have a big role in the offense with Keenum. I think he might become basically what Adam Thielen was for him there. But uh the the receiver's role is gonna be a lot bigger this year. Um, and the thing I think that excites me the most about Case Keenum is the the Vikings Dalvin Cook went down early, right? And so yep. Jarek McKinnon and Latavius Murray, where they're kind of their backs. I think the Broncos have what's equivalent to that in, in their backfield, so I think he can have similar success. And the Vikings' offensive line wasn't great either. I mean, uh, better than it had been in in previous years, but. Yeah, but it it wasn't perfect, and one thing Case Keenum does well is extend plays. Oh, yeah. uh, I mean, he holds on to the football, but he does it to make a play, and he may have to do that because the one thing I'm not sure of is I don't know or I don't think the Broncos line got any better. So uh, if it did get better, great. I think Case Keenum will be really good. If it's the same, I think you're right. It's like you just hope for him to be better than – kind of average.
1: Yeah, and that might be good enough, too, if depending on
0: the defense defense. doesn't
1: take a big step back.
0: So, yeah. Uh, Sorry, I got
1: us off track. No, that's quite all right. Um, So, yeah, next item of news, this is important news, Uh, the NFL Network today, this morning actually, was replaying the 2015 AFC Championship, and I have a question for you. Is that the best non-Super Bowl Denver Broncos game that you've ever seen? And if not, what is the best one?
0: Ooh, that's a good question because uh, watching Tom Brady lose in the AFC championship game will always be one of my favorite games. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, I would agree. Man, I mean, the AFC championship game against um, the Steelers for the Broncos' first Super Bowl Mm. appearance – I remember being great, but maybe my f- one of my favorite games is because I was at the game was when uh, the Broncos, It's that same season, 2015 season. Oh, yeah, the Sunday night games with Brock Osweiler. Uh, I went to that game. It was fucking freezing cold, <laughs> yeah. which I didn't even want to go to the game because it was going to be so cold. Uh, it you know it went into overtime and the Broncos ended it with the CJ Anderson touchdown and I was like holy shit this team might have a chance to go to the Super Bowl uh, I, f- I thought that game was better maybe and that it was more exciting the Probably, a- yeah. championship game as awesome as it was it was like the Broncos got started out with a with the lead they had the two Owen Daniels touchdowns mm-hmm. Tom Brady I mean they sacked him. A bunch of times they were all over him, but the Patriots almost came back and won that game, yeah. And that's the one thing, like, I don't like about it. I wish <laughs> the Broncos just would have put this like stamped that game as dominating it, but that, that just wasn't yeah. the season. Um, but I mean, it's great. I uh, I actually watched that game on uh, the airplane it was two years ago my wife and I went on our honeymoon and we got on the plane and it was just playing that game and I was like, this is fucking perfect. (laughs) This is the best game. Like, they couldn't put anything better on the the free TV for us today. Just perfect synchronicity. Right. I think that
1: was actually, like, it's fun to watch that game in hindsight knowing how everything turned out, especially, you know, two weeks after too. But it was one of the most uncomfortable games to watch live. I think – that was, like, I don't know if I've ever been more on edge for, like, three hours. Like, I don't know how many of us actually expected to win that game.
0: Uh, right. But you know that,
1: like, it's at home and everything could ha- anything could happen. Um, much better than being on the road in New England, um, where I don't think, you know, we probably would have played quite the same. I don't think Peyton Manning would have had, you know, the same game. But it was kind of just like, all right, we've got a lead, and now we're going to try to play keep away for, like – two and a half quarters right and it worked
0: but it was uh it worked but you're right no it was uh it was a nail biter you yeah you could see the patriots coming back at the end uh and it was a lot less stressful than the actual super bowl because oh yeah well i think after like the the first strip sack on cam newton i was like the defense has this they're gonna have it today mm-hmm. as long as the offense doesn't fuck up they're gonna win this game the AFC Championship game, I wasn't certain the Broncos would win until the game was over. So I think you're yeah. right.
1: And we wouldn't – yeah, we wouldn't think about it the same way if they had lost the Super Bowl, too, because obviously two years before, uh, right. they, played better, they played much better against the Patriots. Uh, they kind of – that game was like barely a contest in 2013 um, where Manning hit, you know, Demarius Thomas for, for a touchdown. I think he hit – you know, threw a touchdown to Jacob and. Tom Brady didn't really do a whole lot. I think he ran for a touchdown, but uh, the Broncos, like, dominated the, the time of possession. So, that was a much yeah. more, like, fun, easy game to watch. But knowing how everything turned out two weeks later, it's like, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't care about this game anymore. I'll never watch that again.
0: No, it's a, I it's almost like a bad memory.
1: Oh, no. I, I don't remember watching that Super Bowl for the first time, to be honest. Oh, well, I do. I think I I think I uh repressed everything past uh the Percy Harvin kickoff return. So just...
0: I, I had a bunch of people over and oh they man all just felt sorry for me and it was just <laughs> everybody to fucking leave except my except Jess and my best friend Greg, who are Broncos fans, which is like everybody just needs to go so I can be miserable. As yeah. I, I so I can be as miserable as I want to be
1: yeah i mean i kind of did the opposite like our family had i think it was like me my dad and my brother and my brother might have had a friend over who wasn't like a didn't really have a team just wanted to watch with us and (laughs) we all just got super depressed uh (laughs) by the second quarter and then so my dad floated out the idea for super bowl 50 like oh let's have you know let's have a ton of people over you know let's have extended family and friends and i'm like no, that's a terrible idea. I know, like <laughs> I know how things happened two years ago, but sure enough, he ignored my advice and invited a bunch of people over. And for you know, uh, to his credit, things worked out, so it was a fun time. Um, yeah, that's good. Would have been bad. Wouldn't have wanted to see uh, all my relatives, you know, punch a punch a hole through the TV. Uh, had it. Had it been reversed, had it been twenty-four to ten,
0: Carolina. But yeah, but luckily, then they could have they could have punched a hole through the TV, and you could have recorded it and put it on oh, YouTube, and everybody yeah. would be like, oh, watch these Broncos fans destroy their TV after the Broncos lose the Super Bowl. Yeah, 10 billion, 10 billion views on YouTube. Yeah, every playoffs now that's like the thing after yeah. games is just a compilation of fans, <laughs> and I think like half of them are doing it just to make those videos. And they probably make enough money off that one video to buy their TV back. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, I'm sorry.
1: I'd I have to trash this $200 Samsung, you know, 36 <laughs> inch, but you know, I'm, I'm going to do it for the vine as they say, even though that's not a thing anymore. Yeah. Vine's dead, man. Yeah. I'm sorry. I need to, I need to get back into the 2018s over here, but yeah, as far as like best games, I think I, I would have to, I always kind of bring up that regular season game with, with Brock Osweiler too, just because that was just, you know, so magical. That was the um, peak of Brock's career. It sure was. Two games in. That was he's he never been peak as good.
0: right there, and yeah. he didn't know it. Well, nope. <laughs> if I were Brock Osweiler, I'd say the peak of my career is when Houston paid me a shit ton of money. Yeah, to barely play quarterback, and then that win. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, got a Super Bowl ring out of it. Got paid. Life's not life's not terrible for Brock Osweiler. He lives in Miami now. Oh, does he? Yeah, I mean he's he's the backup for uh, Ryan Tannehill. In, oh, Miami. oh
0: shit! I didn't even know he landed it. Maybe I did. I just forgot.
1: Yeah, I think uh, Adam Gase wanted him back. For I mean that makes whatever sense.
0: reason. That's a good fit, I guess. Supposedly, I, I think backup quarterback is the best job to have. I yeah, I'd say. I mean, if we're going to rank, like, the best jobs
1: in sports, I'd say backup quarterback is up there as well as, uh, like, relief pitcher. Like, right. uh, I'm going to go in, like, for one batter for, like, a, for like a lefty-righty matchup um, in, the, in, the, in the bottom of the sixth, and you won't see me again for three days. Right.
0: And it's like, if you're a backup quarterback, you go in the game, nobody expects you to win. Right. If your team has the lead, they're just like, don't fuck up. You're like, I can yeah, go. you'll sh- hand off the ball, throw some keep screen call, pass. Yeah, keep calling runs. Yeah. Unless you're Nick Foles, and you're like, well, I'll just go ahead and win the goddamn Super Bowl, and then go back That'd to a good. backup role. <laughs> yeah, you
1: know, I, I was kind of surprised too, because uh, allegedly, like the the Browns offered, uh, I think, a second round pick to the Eagles before they traded for Tyrod Taylor for Nick Foles. And the Eagles just said no. And yeah,
0: I think the Eagles, the Eagles that were in, they're in, they were in salary cap uh, trouble. They were before free agency started. They were over the cap. So I think probably some of that has to do with them trying to manage their money for this season. Uh, but I'm surprised you wouldn't take like a high draft pick for him. Yeah. Um, But, I mean, with the uncertainty with Carson Wentz, I I guess it makes sense to to have a guy, you know, if Carson can't go um, week one through four or whatever the fuck they're saying. Yeah, because
1: he injured his ACL like week 14, really late in the season. It was that game against the Rams. So those things, uh, yeah, they they tend to take a while to heal. Um, I've never torn my ACL myself, but – I
0: have. Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you for your service. But, uh, that's, (laughs) that's why like when and it sucks, but like when people like in terms of injuries, it takes a long time before your knees ready to go again. And, but it's not like, it's not a devastating thing. Like your athletes have so many better resources than I had and I recovered just fine. And I had multiple surgeries on my knee. So I don't, I used to feel really sorry for players when they would tear their ACL, but after, like, you do it, you're like, ah, it sucks. And I don't like to see players get hurt, but I'm like, they get a whole year off of being fucking hit by Fair. players. Let that thing rehab, and maybe, you know, it extends our career because they spent <laughs> yeah. their fucking body for a year. Yeah,
1: not the worst thing if you're getting paid. If you're, like, a guy who's, like, on the fringe of the roster, then it really sucks.
0: Yeah, um, no, that's where it's devastating for players. Yeah, yeah. Guys trying to make teams, and it's not – like Carson Wentz is going to be fine. You know what I mean? He was a star. He's their quarterback. It's not going to affect yeah. him. It's not going to affect his bank account. He, uh, he sh- yeah, he should have
1: been the MVP last year, I think.
0: Oh, yeah, he was on, he was on his way to do it.
1: Yeah, I, I, like even with the injury, I think he should still have been the MVP over Tom Brady. Uh, anybody should be it over Tom that's fair that's fair i'd yeah no i'd i'd pick like i would have, you know cast my vote for trevor Simeon over
0: <laughs> i would thomas thomas edward patrick brady last season yeah just write in write in anybody yeah
1: <laughs> bubby brister
0: bubby forever man
1: yeah okay so you kind of answered this question already um and you you said the the sunday night game against the patriots with brock osweiler but i was going to talk about like the best Broncos games that we've personally attended um, any other any other uh, memorable games that you were in the crowd for that you can remember clearly dating uh, back,
0: I don't yeah and I, I don't go to a lot of games um, I was before when Manning was a, a, an Indianapolis Colt we went to the game for my birthday and I watched him just dismantle the Broncos in the second half and oh, I was man. like, this guy is fucking unstoppable. Uh the I was at the the Broncos Raiders game when Shanahan iced Janikowski. Oh,
1: I was at that game too. That was my uh that was my first game.
0: Oh shit. So that game yeah. was pretty cool.
1: That was a great because, game.
0: Uh I think most people in the crowd thought the game was over. Yeah. Cause and we, yeah. I was, like I was the one guy in my area paying attention. Yeah. Like, no, no, do you call the timeout? It doesn't count. <laughs> yeah. And everybody was like, "Yeah!" So I felt like I led the, the cheer right there. Uh, and then icing became a thing after that. Yeah, and it's it it it's been thoroughly
1: annoying since. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. I think we were on the right side of history. So, no, that was, that was a great game. Uh, that was the one that I was going to mention. Because uh, I, I usually see them play the Raiders uh, just because – I've seen them play the Raiders in Denver twice. My first game was there in 2007. Uh, the last game I've been to was – Actually, the game that they lost to the Raiders at home in 2015
0: oh, okay. uh, with
1: Osweiler, they didn't even score a touchdown. Uh, it was yeah. kind of lame, but, you know, given how the rest of the season went, um, I'm okay with it. And then, like, I saw um, I saw Manning play in Oakland three times. Like, I saw that Thursday night game. I saw the game where he threw, like, five touchdowns. Uh, and, like, the game yeah. where they got that gif of Brock Osweiler, like, doing this thing. <laughs> right, but, yeah. But uh, – to come in in the second half. Uh, and then the game where Chris Harris had that pick six late.
0: Oh, yeah, that yeah. game was awesome.
1: Yeah. I, mean, I yeah, think the whole was,
0: game was shitty, but then yeah, he
1: won. That was sick. Uh, yeah, no, that was that game was crazy because, like, right as Derek Carr threw that pass, because um, Alameda in, in the Bay Area is very close to some Air Force bases, and there was, like, a, there was a plane that flew, like, directly overhead the stadium. Um, Oh, and that's cool. you couldn't hear anything. And right as the play started, like this plane goes overhead, and everybody was kind of like watching that. And then you look back at the field, and oh, Chris Harris is running the other way with the ball.
0: That and is like, that's cool. The, hey. The no fly zone. The plane flies exactly. over. What happens? Chris hey. picks, picks off sense. their car. Yeah. Were you at the game where, uh, against the Raiders, uh, where CJ Anderson, uh, made that like, I think it was a yeah. like wing pass and had that long ass touchdown run. That basically Yeah,
1: I, w- I was. Yeah. That was that was awesome. Uh yeah, that was like that was his first touchdown. Um and we had kind of like forgot about him since like the 2013 preseason. Right, cuz um, he got hurt. Yeah, yeah, and he was playing that was awesome because he was playing like in front of a bunch of his family and friends uh because yeah. he played at you know, he's from the Bay Area and played at Cal, you know, just down the road, so that was that was huge. That was um, – yeah, they were kind of in trouble, like, at that point in the game. And yeah. then they just went on a roll after that. Do you, uh, wear,
0: do you just, wear Broncos clothes to
1: the game? I do, yeah. So, I was nervous the first time uh, because, like, the first game in Oakland I went to was, like, that Thursday night in 2012. I didn't know what to expect. Like, the Raiders were terrible that year. I think that was, like, one of their Carson Palmer years. I mean, you know, they, they're right. terrible most years um, that I've been alive at least. And um, so I wore, uh, I wore like a Terrell Davis blue jersey because, you know, navy blue kind of doesn't stand out too much. Uh, You know, maybe it won't get me shoved into a bathroom or like, you know, pushed down a row of seats. Uh, And it turned out all right. Like, I think they're just like, so like downtrodden and like, so like, so just like, um, out of it at that point in the season that they, like, didn't really care. Like, you, you get a few booze walking from the parking lot to the stadium uh, and some, some shit talked to you by, like, barely coherent Raiders fans. Right. Um, but, you know, they're fine. And then I started wearing my uh, my Vaughn Miller jersey uh, for the last two games. And we didn't really get any trouble, too, um, until, like, the 2015 game when the Raiders were – they are like, they are kind of decent at that point. I think they were, like – I think they, had they won that game, they would have had a winning record. So the uh, crowd was way more into it, and that game was actually a contest for most of it. So they got a little rowdy, but still, you know, they were – you know, they treated us fine.
0: Nobody stabbed um, you?
1: No, I mean, not – you know, I, I didn't feel anything at least. Uh, <laughs> maybe like oh. a, a prison shank in the back that I, I might have just taken out and, you know, tossed aside. But, yeah, no, nothing, nothing too – disastrous i mean my my dad tells me stories about like when he went during like the the rich gannon years and he saw some broncos fan just get like pummeled in the bathroom and yeah he wouldn't let uh uh, my older brother who went with him or him like wear jerseys at that point um but you know we're all we're all grown men we're all roughly six feet we can take care of ourselves i think i think so luckily we never had to you know, we
0: never never had to deal with anything too severe. Uh, yeah, see, like I'm five seven, so uh, I'm not gonna be able to take care of myself. Oh, I feel like you. Talk any s- out any situation outside of one on one fight, and even yeah. then, the odds are against me. My best <laughs> hand to t- tactic in a fight is run because yeah. I'm small and fast, and that is my defense mechanism.
1: Or you know, aim for the testicles like Draymond Green.
0: Right. Which I have. Uh, uh, usually, it's just my eye line for nutshots. <laughs>
1: yeah, you can just send them, send them the fist. Um, so yeah, should we should we transition to the rest of the NFL?
0: Yep, we'll finish off the NFL. We probably probably ran way too long. Yeah, we're, right, we're yeah. running really late. <laughs> so we'll go through the NFL stuff pretty quickly. Uh, yeah. And again, this is a work in progress. We're figuring Figures. this out. Um,
1: That's right. Keep that in mind, folks. Before you send us in the hate mail.
0: Right. Uh, yeah. So the first thing you had on there was the uh, Brandon Marshall signing a one-year, $2 million deal with the Seahawks. Correct. Uh, yeah. I made a video about that yesterday. Uh, I thought it was an interesting signing for the Seahawks. Uh, I think if, personally, I think if Brandon Marshall stays healthy, he's a great signing for the Seahawks. Yeah. Because athletically, he's still a freak. Um, but the question here is like are you surprised that he signed somewhere before Des Bryant did because Des Bryant's 29 Brandon Marshall's 34 years old right 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 um you know what i am a little bit
1: um i don't think that Des Bryant if you know if Des Bryant's price point was 1 year 2 million dollars i think he probably would have found a home by now
0: right definitely uh, but
1: he's probably asking for a little bit more which i feel is understandable um, being, yeah. right? Uh but the receiver market's not very good right now. Or well for the receivers I should say. Um yeah, it's not a great time to be a free agent. Um no. But you know what? I, I like Brandon Marshall with the Seahawks. Um we'll get to see him in Denver week 1. Right. Uh, when the Broncos played the Seahawks. And I think I was reading that that's the first time that Brandon Marshall will be back in Denver since uh, they traded him to Miami back in Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I know we've played him. We played him in Miami and then we probably played him in Chicago along the way. If this were
0: the Dan Patrick show, that would be the stat of the day.
1: Would it? Yes. Because okay. I had no
0: idea he'd never been back here.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to create a, a graphic except we'll have to find cool. a different name. No, so we'll, just,
0: we'll, just use, we'll just use the Dan yeah. Patrick goes.
1: Yeah. The Dan Patrick stat of the day.
0: Um, All right. That'll be fun to watch uh, with Des Bryant. I mean, I'm just surprised there's not a team out there that won't take him. I think yeah. he's still got enough where he can be an effective wide receiver. Um, I don't know, especially somewhere like fucking like Detroit, where you got a good quarterback. Who, if you got a guy out there like Des Bryant, is going to mm-hmm. make plays. Detroit, I mean Green Bay, you could put him a, a lot of places.
1: Not yeah, just think, the NFC yeah.
0: North, but in a lot of places yeah. where I feel like he'd make an impact. Yeah.
1: Chicago, Minnesota, all those northern teams.
0: Any one of them could fucking use yeah. Des Bryant.
1: Yeah, I mean, Mike, like the thing I was thinking about too is like, I feel like a lot of teams would probably feel the same way that we would, where it's like, um, would Des Bryant help the Broncos? And you would say probably yes. However, would you want to sign him and delay like the development of guys like, right Portland Sutton Deshaun Hamilton Carlos Henderson
0: yeah well after the Broncos draft it's like no I think yeah you should be excited about the future of the Broncos receiving core but also the Broncos in Demarius Thomas have a similar receiver already to Des Bryant mm. some would uh, say better yeah exactly um I think DT is going to have a, a good year so I think yeah. Des just needs to wait for a fucking injury to happen and i think des should get paid what he's worth too i mean i guess there's uh i hate saying the word character issues because i think it's a fucking um it's lazy i think yeah Dez bryant has i would say maybe attitude problems uh, i think that's that, more accurate yeah that teams are worried about with chemistry which is fair but if des bryant has to play for like wide receiver league minimum, I think it's, uh, bullshit.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it's kind of, uh, <laughs> it's, it's wild because if you think about it, like if, you know, Green Bay signed him for, you know, the same deal as Brandon Marshall one year, $2 million. Would you be surprised to see him catch like 14 touchdowns from Aaron no. Rodgers?
0: Like no, not at all. <laughs> he somewhere with a good quarterback, yeah. which is a huge reason. I think Brandon Marshall will be successful with Russell Wilson. I think that's right. a great quarterback for him. Uh, Because Marshall's, in addition to being like the athletic freak that he is, he's been in the league long enough, so he's a smart receiver. So when guys like Russell Wilson extend plays, he -hmm. knows how to find the open parts of the field for Russell Wilson to make those plays. So I think Des Bryant just needs to play with a a good quarterback because he will – a good quarterback will, will make Dez as good as he can be, and I think he's still got enough in the tank. To, like you said, if, with Aaron Rodgers, right. in the red zone, he would be a, a huge threat for that team.
1: Yeah, especially for a team that uh, got rid of Jordy Nelson. Right. You get a guy that's a little bit younger, uh, probably still a little bit more athletic. Like You have Devontae Adams and Randall Cobb, but neither of those guys are like huge targets um, that you'd want to like you know, throw a fade to. In the red zone or like a back shoulder pass.
0: Yeah. I um, mean so Cobb's he Cobb attempt. would essentially be like the their slot. In, yeah. Which is and what and he Devontae, should. Be. I think Devontae Adams is gonna have his biggest season yet. And yeah. I think he would like having an older veteran guy like Des next to Devontae Adams would be a great pairing. Um, but they left they let Jordy Nelson go because of money, and the question is like is Jordy Nelson losing a step? And that's the same thing people are saying about Des Bryant, right? Like the, both of them received the same criticism in that they couldn't get separation from guys and all this other bullshit. So I think they might even look at like Des is having like the same, uh, skill set as Jordy Nelson, even though they're a little bit different as receivers.
1: Yeah, might be the case. I mean, uh, I wrote about it a couple of days ago that he said on his own Instagram, someone on uh, Instagram commented on like a video he took of his son playing flag football like, Dez, where do you want to play? Oh, yeah. said, 49ers. And I'm yeah. like, that makes a lot of sense, actually. Like, they don't have a, a super experienced wide receiver core. Like, they have some players. They have Garcon, um, right? Yeah, they have Garcon coming back, and they have like Marquise Goodwin and Trent Taylor. Uh, they drafted Dante Pettis, who I, I really like, out of Washington. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, they don't have, like, a true, like, clear-cut number one guy. And, you know, who knows if, like, Des Bryant is still that. But, like, he could, you know, definitely command a lot of targets uh, and help out, a, you know, a guy who's only played, what, like,
0: eight games in Jimmy Garoppolo. At right. This point. And I think, uh, think yeah. Garoppolo is going to be good. So, yeah, I I think, too. yeah I, that would be a good – I think it would be a nice fit there as well.
1: Yeah, so uh, moving on to another young quarterback who may or may not be good. Uh, I read something about Josh Allen that he's been drawing some some big-time rave reviews at Bill's OTAs. That is, of course, according to uh, quarterback guru Chris Stims. So do you think Josh Allen is actually going to have a decent rookie season if he starts? No. Uh, or is this just <laughs> – well, yeah. Is this just like him through. looking good in shorts?
0: Ah <laughs> uh, man, I mean this is kind of tough. I didn't. I did not want the Broncos to draft Josh Allen. Neither did I. We obviously know he has the athletic skill set to be a good quarterback. Mm, he uh, is
1: tall, as people have mentioned,
0: and uh, um, he said and done the right things this off season for him. Talking about yeah. working on his footwork to improve his accuracy. But I'm kind of under the, the opinion, if you struggle with ball placement in college, you're going to fucking struggle with it in the NFL. Yeah. It's not going to get easier. Your anticipation has to be better. Um, and they say you can teach those things, but I don't think you have ever said that about a guy and it's been true. Like, what quarterback is a good example of them being like, well, he was not very good. He, his accuracy wasn't great in college, and then he turned out to be uh, one of the most accurate, best quarterbacks <laughs> ever played a game. It's um not. yeah
1: to be honest, no one is coming to mind uh well i mean let's let's be fair like he played in the the juggernaut of a of a college football conference in the mountain west right uh, such football powerhouses as san diego state Fresno state <laughs> nevada um New mexico there you go some yeah some some tough defenses. Uh, and I think the only thing to his credit that I will say is that they ran like a very pro style system at Wyoming, and they like actually threw the ball down the field. And a lot of quarterbacks just have like high completion percentages in college because they're throwing. They're doing short passes. Time. Yeah, passes behind the line of scrimmage and little bubble screens and whatnot.
0: Um, and he didn't have a lot of talent at Wyoming. Like yeah, in his I, second I, year, yeah. that's why a lot of people say, uh, well. season before was he a junior did he come out as a junior or senior uh i think a junior so his sophomore season everybody was very high on him. yeah but i like he had better wide receiver talent that season right Mm -hmm. so it i mean here's my opinion on college quarterbacks i think any of them can come out and be good and any of them could be a fucking bust and uh, hard, I think Josh take. Allen has just as good of a chance to be as good as any other quarterbacks drafted in the first round. Um, but I'm not sold on the idea that he's an NFL quarterback. Uh, the main thing being like, I don't know what his mental makeup is. And I think that is yeah the most important factor in playing at the NFL level. Um, but I don't want to say I think he's dumb because I don't, but I, I'm not sure he's, the, the, he's going maybe. to be there cerebrally. Yeah. And he went to yeah. Buffalo where I'm not sure he's going to have <laughs> the, the kind of help that he actually needs to be successful. Right. That's, that's a part of it.
1: That's definitely a part of it. Yeah, he seems like he's uh, maybe like on uh, – yeah, I wouldn't call him dumb either, but he's, he seems like kind of a simple kind of guy. Which yeah, maybe, you not, know, that's kind of – it could be good for a quarterback. Who knows? He might turn out to be Phillip Rivers. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. He was like Terry Bradshaw who <laughs> can, like, barely spell his own name and still, you know, come up with four Super Bowl rings at the at the end of it all. That's true. Um, but, yeah, you know what? Uh, I was a little <laughs> – I was getting a little nervous. Like, my palms were getting a little sweaty when the Broncos were, uh, were up and Josh Allen was still available. Yeah, that was – um That was scary. I want to, like, if they're going to take another quarterback, I would have preferred that they took the other Josh, Josh Rosen.
0: I think Josh Uh, Rosen has one of the best chances to be good at the NFL level out of all of them. Yeah,
1: yeah. You know, I was watching him since, like, his freshman year and he would have been I think easily the number one pick had he he been able to come out uh, his first year. So, you know, I I liked you know, I like what I saw out of him. Uh, I'm kind of split on Darnold and then Lamar Jackson you know who knows as well so you know we'll see I'm excited to see you know that's that's like the really fun part about the preseason and the only reason to watch is the rookie quarterbacks in my opinion
0: yeah now you get start to get a a feel for how far along they are and uh what like I think having a bunch of rookie quarterbacks start during the season makes it interesting too uh yeah absolutely I think the last two years we have been given kind of uh, false expectations in that Deshaun Watson was fucking awesome, Yeah. Carson Wentz turned out to be awesome, Derek mm-hmm. Goff looked like a bust, but then we learned oh he might be he might be pretty good yeah, it Turns the- out Jeff Fisher's not that good. <laughs> <laughs> and I would have I would have assumed based on you know what I follow in the NFL, and I don't follow college football closely, but. People thought Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota were locks, you know, in that these are definitely first round guys. And, uh, Goff and Wentz, they went in the first, but I felt like the support of them being good was a lot smaller than what I saw for Winston and Mariota. Right. And, um, Deshaun Watson, I thought was a first round pick just based on what I watched him do in the national championship game. But, you know, uh, what what when was he selected? What number?
1: He was he, he's 10? around 10-ish or like 10? maybe a little bit. I know the
0: Texans they traded, traded up. up. Yeah, I think he was after Mahomes, I think. Um so it's like everybody thinking that this year's quarterback class had, you know, four or five first round picks, I feel like they're all set up to Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. Based on being the opposite of what everybody believes.
1: Yeah, I think you might get like a oh, what were they? Let's say five guys. I was gonna say like fifty percent return rate, but that's um not really possible with five. Numbers game. Yeah, well we're not math guys on, on this podcast. No, so I'll just thing. say like some of yeah, I'll just say some of them will be good, you know. <laughs> and also some of them will be bad.
0: There you go. That's the yeah.
1: best analysis you're gonna get. I'm not I'm not a hot take guy, but I'm gonna, you know throw that take out there. Some um, will be
0: good. Probably yeah. some will be bad. Probably.
1: Uh, you, you heard it here first. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we got more quarterback news. Um, not exactly a young quarterback, but Joe Namath, uh, Broadway Joe, turned 75 years young today. Uh, my question for you is where does he rank, not in like the best quarterbacks of all time, because I don't know, that's kind of a tired debate, but where right. does he rank among the coolest quarterbacks of all time?
0: Oh, he's top three. I think so. Yeah. He did it. He was cool when I think it was, like, hard to be cool. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Or maybe it was easy because all you had to do is like, give the impression that you were having a lot of sex with a lot of girls and then yeah. guarantee a Super Bowl win.
1: Yeah, I don't think he was just giving the impression that he was having a lot of sex. No, yeah, he definitely was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, uh, yeah, it, I think it probably might have been harder to be cool back then just because, like, he looked so dumb with, like, that, like, single bar – Face mask back in the 60s. <laughs> right? And like, you know, the he, jerseys like barely fit, and you couldn't say anything like remotely controversial. Yeah, like, we could. You could do really. Con- you could do a bunch of stuff that you couldn't do today. Like he was probably like out drinking the night before the Super Bowl. I'm sure, uh, <laughs> right. and like spending the week before just doing whatever he wanted because you know people like respected other people's privacy back right. then and wouldn't upload a picture of. You know, Joe Namath poolside to Twitter.
0: Yeah, there weren't like a hundred cell phones in a bar showing right. getting yeah. before the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm.
1: Otherwise, we'd see like pictures of Ken Stabler at like 5:30 a.m. on like his <laughs> on like his 18th Corona light uh, of the evening. Right. And, yeah, and like suddenly that's all over Twitter, and he's got like a he's got like a 1 p.m. game to get to. Still, somehow wins the game.
0: Yeah, I wish football a was a little time. more like that now.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh if we can get Johnny Manziel back in the NFL. <laughs> I right.
0: guess that's true.
1: Yeah, I mean, he he kind of got a bad rap for that, which, you know, fair, maybe. Um I don't know if they're going to I don't know if they're going to let that fly over in Hamilton. Um if I know re- anything can, about the Canadians. He can a name
0: for himself in Canada now.
1: Yeah, it's true. It's true. I I might tune into a Tiger Cats game this summer. Who knows?
0: I'd watch one just to see. Yeah, yeah. I'm rooting I mean, for his comeback. Like I am
1: too, yeah. Cause I like I listened to that interview he had on Part of My Take, and he seems like he's really genuine and sincere about, you know, like owning up to his past. Yeah, he,
0: he was his dealing comeback. with some demons.
1: Yeah, uh, clearly.
0: I think um, it's hard because at the time, like – I was like, this guy's not going to make it in the NFL. The Browns are stupid for drafting him. Like, I've never been more certain about a quarterback (laughs) not making it as I was about Johnny Manziel. Yeah. I think I thought he was just like a a douche or a a tool. And he kind of was. But he's also dealing with being bipolar and Mm -hmm. substance abuse. And I have sympathy for guys going through problems like that. Like, I'm not going to shit on guys dealing with – yeah big issues because you never know everybody's full story and so when they're open about the stuff they're going through like if you're not rooting for him to to make it past that you're probably just an asshole so, <laughs> yeah no kidding uh i hope he plays well i don't know if he'll ever get a shot in the nfl but if he plays well in canada he may he may get a shot in the xfl or the aafl or whatever the other leagues may end up being one day and he would be an entertaining draw at the at the very least.
1: Yeah, I think so. You know, if he puts it together, I think he's up there for one of the the coolest quarterbacks. If he can get get everything straightened out, um, as far as the other cool quarterbacks, though, I think it's really hard to argue with Elway. Um, and that's you know, I don't think that's us being homers either. I like, I think Elway is just pretty objectively cool.
0: I think he was always cool on the field. Yeah um yeah i would say dan marino is cooler than john elway you think so how many movies was elway in with jim carrey that's fair oh
1: how many uh like uh like what was that like football that you could throw like 100 yards uh that john elway was in a commercial for
0: tail the fucking yeah
1: like the vortex or something vortex Yeah. yeah I've thrown those, and it's true. Like, you feel like John L.A. Yeah, you can fucking launch those things. Yeah. I didn't see any commercials with Dan Marino and that, so I don't know.
0: Okay, fair enough.
1: And then, you know, Joe Montana's nickname was literally Joe Cool, so. Yeah,
0: but I never thought Joe Montana was, like, like actually
1: cool. No, not really. Uh, he seems, like, like cool in, like, demeanor. But, like, if I could choose to be any NFL quarterback, I don't know if I'd be Joe Montana. No, I wouldn't. Yeah, like, he could, like, barely throw the ball, like, 30 yards.
0: What would be, right now, like, current NFL quarterbacks, if you had to pick one, who huh. is, like, the least cool?
1: Uh, I think it comes down to probably, like, Eli or Phillip Rivers.
0: I would go Andy Dalton.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, well, Andy Dalton, like, in his first two years, before he, like, got that, like, cool guy haircut, where he, like, gels his hair now. Right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Dalton's not very cool. Um, I, I wouldn't say Kirk Cousins is very cool either. Oh, no. He's, he's, he's a awesome. fucking nerd. Um, it's just that he's a good quarterback, and yeah. it's like hard to tell with these guys. Russell Wilson, probably one of the least cool quarterbacks. Uh, I that thought I can, that,
0: too. Still. I thought that, too, until he kind of responded to my uh, diarrhea tweet. So, Oh, did he? Yeah. He, what did he say? <laughs> well, he made this video on Twitter, and, and it was very Oh, ugly. yeah. And I was going to make fun of it. <laughs> he saw his alter ego, Mr. Unlimited. And he kept saying, mm-hmm. Mr. Unlimited. And he was like, what do you want to be unlimited with? And he was answering all these questions. I was like, well, what, you wouldn't want to be uh, unlimited with diarrhea. <laughs> the next day, his dog shit all over its cage. And at the end of the thing, he said, Mr. Unlimited Diarrhea. Unlimited Diarrhea. So I was like, that's either a coincidence or... He thought it was funny so he's his cool factor went up from very low to middle for me might he have possibly orchestrated the whole event you
1: think it was an inside job his dog spraying diarrhea all over the place like maybe he fed his dog some taco bell <laughs> just and to get like, that he's <laughs> like yeah the people on twitter are gonna love this <laughs> i don't know you know but at the same time like he has a super hot wife uh he's still got that kind of like feud going with future. Um, oh, I mean, yeah, every time, yeah, every time they go to Atlanta, uh, I think future shows up on the sideline or something and, and roots against Russell Wilson, which, you know, it's a bold move to openly right. root against, um, your, your ex wife's husband.
0: <laughs> and speaking of Atlanta, Matt Ryan's not like a cool quarterback. No,
1: no. I mean, yeah, he's, he's got a good cool nickname
0: in, in Matty ice, but he's it's not true. cool.
1: No. Um, yeah, I mean, he's the richest quarterback now, so I think that makes him pretty yeah. cool. Matt um,
0: Stafford's probably one of the cooler ones. I'd say,
1: yeah, I'd say Stafford, Rodgers is Rodgers is cool. probably the coolest. Yeah, I think Rodgers, like, if we're, you know, if we're going to, like, rank them, I think Rodgers has is probably one. been with
0: the most women. Oh, at I least think. the most famous women, too. Yeah, well, yeah,
1: you know, like, I was, yeah, he goes, yeah, he's with Dana, Danica Patrick now. Uh, Olivia. Previous, before. Yeah, previously Olivia Munn,
0: and um, Roseanne
1: Barr, of course. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Yeah. He loves you know women that are staying relevant and in the news. So. <laughs> also, I, like, yeah, Jimmy G too. I think.
0: Oh yeah, he's, he's really, got a chance. He's
1: a big kid on the block.
0: He's got a chance. I think Deshaun Watson has a chance. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cam Newton had that chance. He kind of he's he fell yeah. off that. I think he's
1: I think people see him as like kind of a weirdo more than yeah. cool. It's uh, like the way he like types in that weird script he has in like the 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 post
0: game outfits. Yeah, the post game. And when when Yikes. you lose Oikos yogurt is your sponsor? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can't even keep a yogurt sponsor? Not cool.
1: <laughs> Not cool yeah. at all. You know, how are you going to like get Gatorade on your side if you can't even keep some fucking Greek yogurt? Well I yeah. think we
0: answered that question.
1: Yeah, I think we I think we exhausted the <laughs> cool quarterback debate. Um, so yeah, last NFL topic. Um, we'll try to get through this one kind of quickly. Yeah. Um, but wrap it up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Joe Thomas and Demarius Randall were both on Twitter yesterday. And so Demarius Randall originally tweeted um, that if the Warriors or no, if the Cavaliers win in the finals and they beat the Warriors, he'll give everyone who retweets his tweet like a, a signed – either a Cavs or Warriors jersey. Right. So, yeah,
0: I don't think – It was a signed Steph Curry
1: jersey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so he got like thousands upon thousands of retweets, as you would imagine. Right. Uh, and so Joe Thomas, the newly retired left tackle for the Browns, future Hall of Famer, quote tweeted that tweet and said that if the – Warriors win the finals. Okay.
0: Keep in mind the the Steph Curry jersey. I I don't know what Randall did.
1: Yeah. Keep in mind that the Warriors are minus 1200 to win the series. And they, yeah, they've beaten the Cavs two out of the last three finals.
0: No, I think in your article about it, you said (laughs) Joe Thomas would go bankrupt.
1: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) uh, he will.
0: He will if he
1: goes through with it. Uh, yeah, I so, said, like, that or, like, the other option is, like, get all these jerseys knockoff from China for, like, right. $5 each. Five, I don't know, five yen. I don't know what the exchange rate is. Um, but, yeah, and then it's, like, you pick up a Sharpie and, like, forge 172,000 Steph Curry
0: That's signatures. A lot. a lot of signatures.
1: Yeah. I mean, you'd probably go, like, bankrupt just just trying to ship all those jerseys, too. <laughs>
0: The shipping costs alone—it'd be through the roof. Yeah, I think I the question yeah. we both had though is, was Joe Thomas just gonna sign the Steph Curry jerseys? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like you
1: know, Steph Curry gets like a hundred, you know, a hundred thousand jerseys on his doorstep. Like, please sign these by Tuesday. Right. He just like throws that box in the trash. I think <laughs> he'd have to. Like, I don't have time for this. I have a family to raise. I, have,
0: you know, his career would just be over. He would just be in yeah. jerseys for the rest of his life. Yeah, he'd be out for the year with carpal tunnel. Let me look exactly how many tweets Joe Thomas got. Okay. And then we will end this, bitch. Yes. Joe Thomas had a. Dang, he tweets a
1: lot. Hmm. Yeah, he's uh, he's pretty outspoken. Oh so yeah, that's a, too outspoken. Uh,
0: okay, so mentioned. right now, as it stands, Joe Thomas, uh, when <laughs> when the Warriors win, he has two hundred and fifty six thousand jerseys to um, sign, Jesus to God. have signed and ship.
1: Yeah, he said like game worn jerseys too. Like I'm, you know, I'm not an expert here, but I don't think Steph Curry's played two thousand. Two hundred fifty-six thousand games in his yeah, career.
0: Yeah, game, game worn jersey. You're exactly right. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah.
1: Like that's what was he thinking? I, I don't know. But you it's know, funny. You know. That's what it is. He has a good sense of humor. Yeah, I hope so. Um, people were comparing it to that episode of The Office, uh, Scott's Tots.
0: Oh, <laughs> where Michael Scott promises yeah. <laughs> yeah. for their their college. Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: hey, Michael
0: Scott, gonna make a dream
1: come true. Yeah, and he gives them all, like, laptop batteries at the end, which yeah. I'd, I'd take that. At this point, I've got yeah. batteries for you. Those are, those are kind of expensive. Uh, <laughs> so, you all know, right. Joe Thomas, not not thinking that one through. Last thing, really quick, on that note, Cavs-Warriors are playing game one tonight uh, in Oracle
0: Arena in Oakland. Who's winning? I think the Cavs win. Uh, I'm mean, sorry, the Warriors. I think the Warriors win. I was going Although- to say. LeBron James has what, two days? of He's gotten two days of rest? Uh, they've gotten – yeah, he's gotten a day more of rest than the Warriors have. That might be the one thing that – if the Cavs win one game, I think this is their best chance just because LeBron yeah. will be the most rested.
1: Yeah, and yeah, they're without Andre Iguodala. Kevin loves playing
0: tonight, so Love's to play. that helps. Yeah, I think the Warriors are going to sweep this thing just because LeBron's been carrying this team, and he really is, like – Unless unless the guys around him play their best basketball, uh Yeah. I don't know. I'm root like I, I I've enjoyed watching this. Um I've rooted for the Warriors. I think I'm gonna root for the Cavs to win this game because unlike a lot of people, I like LeBron James. Yeah, uh, I, I think too. I think watching what he's done as a basketball player is like once-in-a-lifetime type of thing you get to really see because, I mean, I don't know. I didn't watch a ton of basketball in the 90s when Jordan was playing. I was aware of it, but uh, if he wins this, I think it will be extremely impressive. I think it might be like the most impressive thing he can do as an NBA player.
1: I think it would be like the equivalent of John Elway beating the 1989 49ers in the Super Bowl. <laughs> right. The year where they lost 55-10. to 10. right. So I think
0: you're I think you're spot on.
1: Yeah, it's a tall order, but um, you know, I'm rooting for them. I don't I'm think they'll rooting win.
0: For but... The Cavs and LeBron. Yeah. And honestly, I would like to see this happen again next year for oh, no. fifth year oh, no. in a row to be a tiebreaker if the Cavs win it. But I don't think the Cavs will, but my heart will be with them. Yeah. Well,
1: uh, I'd say a successful uh, test episode of the the first edition of the That's Good Sports podcast. Is that what we're calling it, by the way? I don't know yet. <laughs> <Should we? laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll get, we'll get to a, a name.
0: For now, we'll call it That's Good Sports Podcast. Yeah. Featuring Will Keys himself. Yes, um, no one else. And yeah, so that was episode one. Let us know mm-hmm. what you think. How we can make it better? Probably going to work on making it shorter. Yeah, we got to get it up on podcast places too to download
1: yeah. shit. You know, people always say like iTunes, Stitcher. I I've only used like iTunes before. Okay, yeah, uh, we got to figure that out.
0: Yeah, All right. So let us know what you think. Thanks for joining us.